0: This programme was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Hawke's Bay, your community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Righto, kick it in the guts, Trev. Welcome to this programme of Made in New Zealand on Radio Hawke's Bay, where we talk to musicians about their life and their music. I'm Ian Hunt. And today I'm talking with saxophonist composer Frank Talbot. ora Frank.
1: Kia ora Ian. How's it going?
0: It's going very well, and you're about to set out on tour for a release tour for your album "Mundane Life Updates," your debut CD. A rather exciting time for you, I have to say.
2: Yeah, it's uh, you know Rattles uh, um a record label I've, I've, I've been well into since I was uh, you know first getting into jazz in high school. So it's it's a real privilege to be releasing through them and and get to tour around uh, some places I haven't been to before, and, yeah, take the music to tour around the uh, North Island.
0: To start off, let's start where music started for you. So we go back a number of years in your life. Where did music start for you?
2: What have very first started um, in sort of early childhood music classes and, the you know, the kind of ones you learn, the recorder. Um, I'm not sure if we did ukulele. I know often they do um, in guitar, a little bit of violin and whatnot, and, got a basic idea of sheet music and I think also getting very into my um, parents record collection like the I recall being fond of some of the Harry Belafonte records and especially the split in Crowded House <laughs> records I was, I was quite fond with. Um, I, I'd always keep a keep a hang on the, the CDs that we've been listening to in the car. I wanted to, to see who was doing that and the artwork and what the songs were called and whatnot um from a of the young age i suppose
0: well and your instrument is saxophone but also clarinet so when did they start then um, i guess you've got to have fingers large enough to um, reach the keys and, and spread enough so
2: yeah you're, you're not wrong there and it's funny you say that because i i mean i learned the violin for a couple of years or so and i actually funnily enough really struggled with with reading sheet music I sort of I'd have to, as I analysed the chart and write in the letters and whatnot, and then I kind of knew where the letters corresponded to on the fingerboard. But I, I felt frustrated with that, and, and I, I stopped after a couple of years. I, I later learned very more, much more recently, that apparently my teacher thought I was quite good. I thought I was doing terribly, <laughs> but, but later on um, I, I got the bug again. Uh, I wanted to learn something, and I wanted to learn the saxophone. I thought looked looked really cool. It had a nice sound. It's something I was going into. So, I asked the local music teacher at the school to come around and demonstrate a few things. And I said, I expressed interest in saxophone lessons. And she said, You're too small. Here's a clarinet. So, you're right. I did from the clarinet first, which I did come to, to rather love. I still play the clarinet to this day during my end the same studies. I studied both. And it was, I think, around about the end of of intermediate school or towards the start of high school, was when he you said, know, "I've been learning about four years or so. I think maybe three or four years on the clarinet at that point." He you said, know, "I remember you, you were interested in the saxophone. Um, you know, you're a bit bigger one of on, these days. How how about we get that going?" And it was kind of interesting. um in that, I I had not lost any interest in the in the saxophone at all. As soon as you mentioned it, it, took it up like that. Also, in a way, it, it hasn't been at the at the very forefront of my mind at that but so, you know, I'd, I'd got on the roll with the clarinet, and when she mentioned it, it was like, "Oh yes, let's yeah, you know, let's let's do this now." This is saxophone time, which was was very exciting, and it's kind of all come along from then
0: So this would have been the alto saxophone rather than a tenor, would it? Being a small, slightly smaller instrument. Yeah, I mean, still
2: at least, obviously, in their opinion, when I was in primary school, still too big perhaps. But yes, the alto obviously is one size smaller than the tenor. Yeah, I started off on the elder saxophone then, and it would have been, I, I sort of got through the kind of method books. I forget if it was like an abracadabra, I think, book, or the sort of essential elements, one that most people go through. And and I had learned a couple of, of, of jazz tunes that sort of in some of those books um, with sort of lead for things like, I think I recall playing like Lullaby of Birdland, and one in particular I rather enjoyed was Scott Johnson's Maple Leaf Rag, I played for a solo performance in, in year nine that sort of would let you do a second instrument performance because, um, of course, playing it was the primary instrument for assessment purposes, anyway, at high school at the time. And I think it was it was from there my um, uh, music teacher, that the, the head of music at the school in year, when I was in year 10, year after, or potentially at the end of year nine, that I understand you play the saxophone. You know, would you be interested in coming to play with the big band, which was sort of the best band at the time? And uh, so I was, I was very interested in that. I tried to play before; I thought they sounded fantastic. I wanted nothing more than to play with those guys. So um, I came in on on Elso two in the band at the time, which later became Elto one when the other guy that had been playing Elso one had, had left as a senior. And yeah, the, the tenor, which is obviously what I'm playing on the album and, and touring with. Um, was one I'd, I'd wanted for a while. I got that I think year twelve or thirteen or so, and started playing that in the in the big band. I think just because there was a, a lot of the saxophonists I was listening to, like Dexter Gordon, John Coltrane, Michael Brecker, whatnot, were all playing tenor, and I, I wanted to try and you know learn some of their uh, solos and, and, and tunes and whatnot. So I, I think I was I was drawn to that slightly deeper sound of the tenor. I, I still fail to to this day, and I. I, I enjoy the, you know, balance between playing those and, and, and the other saxophones as well. But yeah, that's sort of how, how it progressed somewhat.
0: Yeah, now the big band, this is Takapuna Grammar, is it?
2: That's correct, yeah.
0: And, and where did they play out then? Because like, they must have played out somewhere. You, you had competitions or festivals or things that you played at?
2: Yeah, there was the, um. I mean, the, the big one of, of the Auckland high schools was the KBB Music Festival. And... Outside of that, I think there was some sort of school general kind of gala conference for the ensembles to play at, and I, I, I got called in to play with the Jazz Combo. Um was a real sort of sink or swim moment for me. I think I had about three days to learn this this folder worth of, of sort of real book lead sheet tunes, which was, you know, slightly terrifying at the time, but a, an invaluable opportunity. I was, I was grateful for my teacher for, for throwing me in on. And, and funnily enough, there was actually... In that combo was, was Phoebe Johnson, who is, is playing bass on the record. Unfortunately, uh, she had other commitments; she won't be playing bass on the tour. Um, we'll get to that in a sec. But yeah, she was actually playing bass. Right, since my first combo gig way back in, in year eleven, and we, we did a few a few gigs that had sort of in some local functions and whatnot.
0: So you're coming up to the end of your uh, time at Takapu Grammar. When did you decide to go to the New Zealand School of Music? Because I understand that was your next step. Was there ever, a you know, oh, be an accountant or a lawyer or something, or was it always you're going to go and study music?
2: Ooh, good question. I, I, uh, accountant, and lawyer, I don't think... Well, Funnily enough, that was actually my father and my mother's professions, respectively. Um, (laughs) Uh, Pressure
0: from home then to follow in their footsteps, or no, not
2: at all. Luckily, Um, if if anything, I I would have actually been studying engineering or um, or physics, was actually my sort of other keen interest outside of music at high school. The sort of physics calculus. But I think music had been the, the primary one, and I wanted to to give myself the opportunity to sort of do it properly, I suppose. I, I didn't want to, after having looked at the options, I didn't want to be worrying about sort of having to, to do all the studies necessary for an engineering or, or maybe business degree um, alongside having to practice, um, you know, giant steps and 12 keys or... or, or um, baby's Clarinet Concerto and whatnot, you know, I wanted to I'm like, if I'm, if I'm going to be there studying music for three or four years of a degree, you know, I want there to be maximum time to focus on that and and do as much practice and, you know, get into the scene as much as I can.
0: So it was a Bachelor of Music. Performance was clarinet or alto sax or tenor sax or a mix of all three or how did that work?
2: Um, so I, I made it in, in jazz performance and I think you just have to uh, say saxophone. I don't think there was a necessary, a requirement to, to specify alto or tenor or anything like that. And and that moved around a little bit. I started off in the first year playing tenor one in the, in the Sim big band one. And later on, moved to playing alto one. And, you know, I mean, years later I was playing baritone in the Roger Box big band of the Air Force sometimes. So you got around saxophones, but it's a nice. Uh, the clarinet. I think I did use, um, sometimes as a jazz degree, especially when we worked on some like Dixieland tunes and uh, occasionally doubling in big band and whatnot, but um, I was actually taking, a, I believe the paper was called Performance Second Study, and it was Performance on the Second Instrument, um, which I was studying sort of classical performance on the clarinet, which was, again, a very valuable experience. Um, you know, learning with uh, some of the so principal players and getting to go we do the competition and audition competitions and, and play with the orchestra, and it was it was quite useful to be able to kind of balance the the kind of occasionally differing views I suppose on on some practice and, and and other learning techniques. um From the two schools, I think they complemented each other nicely.
0: We're going to take a bit of a break here. We're going to play one of your tracks off your album, and starting with Steak and Kidney Pie's "Early Goodbyes." Now I know there's a backstory to all of these, so. What's the backstory to the song?
2: This one I wrote actually sort of during my fourth year of university, sometime after having learned that my, my mother had been on you know, a terminal diagnosis. So I'd been visiting home, so the family's in Auckland, I was studying in Wellington, and I was, I was, I was up in Auckland for a little while, as you can imagine, I was visiting quite a lot. And, and this tune was, was kind of a, you know, you'll you hear a melancholy nature to it, and it was sort of a, not quite a eulogy, but in, in some ways a, a reflection. On the time we had together, and on the sort of abrupt nature of, of it being cut short in the early goodbyes, the, um, the title comes from uh, Mum was just a, a, a great cook, and the steak and kidney pies were kind of a classic. It was, it was one of my favourites as a kid, and it, it, it adds just a, a little bit of, of not quite comedy, but a, a slight light edge to the title. And that uh, she did hear the, the debut performance of this piece, and I'm, I'm sure she wouldn't have wanted it to be too dreary. She <laughs> with me so that's that's really the the backstory of this one. This is about the the me reflecting upon long time coming to an end and and uh, sort of lifetime together throughout that year.
0: Frank, we're sorry to hear of your loss, but here's steak and kidney pies, early goodbyes. <laughs> Hmm. talking with frank talbot composer saxophonist about his debut album monday life updates which he's touring new zealand with and frank we were talking about your time at nzsm the new zealand school of music but you also took off to the balkans for a while there now what was this about
2: uh yeah, so that was from it was actually a, a really great trombonist i met during the jazz workshops It was down visiting the, the name of Luis mania uh who played for the vanguard jazz orchestra and you know, other big names like Phil Collins' band he was playing for um, somewhat recently, and so he runs a band called the JM Jazz World Orchestra, which is sort of like uh, I'm sure most people will be familiar with national youth bands, and this sort of like an an international, and you know the the whole bands from all all around the world from from parts of Asia, from the Middle East, from from North and South America. From all parts of Europe, their sort of hub is one, probably one of the smallest towns I've ever seen in my life. You could walk around in probably two minutes. Called grozjan in Croatia. So uh, I toured with them twice. In that time, we've sort of covered most of the former Yugoslavian countries and Bulgaria. We Macedonia, Bulgaria, Serbia, Slovenia, and parts of Croatia. It was a really lovely opportunity to to play with, with, you know, some of the the best young musicians, I think with under 26, I remember, from around the world, and and also get to see, you know, a part of the world I may never have seen otherwise, Uh, I'll admit, you know, Macedonia or Serbia wasn't uh, the top of my my bucket list travel guide um, immediately, but I'm really glad I saw both actually really beautiful countries with um, a lot of very friendly people and a lot of great music too.
0: Yeah. And with this international experience, it would have brought you in touch with a whole lot of musical jazz styles uh, you've not previously had contact with. Has that had any hand in your composition of your own pieces that you're sort of drawing from your own experience uh, from far beyond New Zealand?
2: Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's actually not one I'd thought about consciously on Energins, but uh, there's a piece I've, I've sort of been working on that's not quite ready yet that it's kind of influenced by some of that, but there's a tune actually uh, the the second to last tune on the album is called "And the Truth." I hadn't thought about it all, but as soon as I'd written that tune, everyone was telling me it sounded quite Balkan-esque. and they're like, "Oh, was this was this very much influenced from your from your time in Macedonia and Bulgaria and whatnot?" And it, it almost certainly was. There was actually a, a restaurant I play at a bit in, in Takapuna and on the North Shore It's owned by a Bulgarian lady, and you know we we're somewhat regulars there, and as and As soon as she heard that piece, she said, this this sounds exactly like the music I hear around the streets of Bulgaria. So it's it's in some ways even more special, I suppose sometimes when it's obviously been internalised somewhat just from having them there, and the way the music can sometimes express itself without you having to force it.
0: Now let's talk about the band. Uh, You mentioned Phoebe Johnson, who played bass on the album, uh, but can't tour with you. So who are the others in the the quartet anyway?
2: Uh, Yes, so we've got uh, and Foot. Uh, I'll be playing piano. Was one of my favorite pianists around and a, a top name guy Ben Wellington, Hekarangi. Uh I'll be playing drums again. You know, highly in demand, player around town. Um, always, always a pleasure to play. It was very inventive and yeah. The the bass. I mentioned I get to because uh, Phoebe was playing on the album and on most of the tour. Unfortunately, she's ended up with a, another booking this time with her band Revolver back down in the South Island But in the uh, uh, stroke good luck, I suppose. Um, Chris Bionick, who actually is living in the Hawks Bay, currently teaching at EIT, will be joining for the tour. Um and it's very special to have him on tour because he was actually a person who recorded and mixed the uh, the album he was the, the engineer on that. And it's it's very nice to be able to to bring him on, on tour. You know, it's it's almost a pity in that you have people sometimes that are more you know, kind of behind the scenes, but a very integral part of the album that maybe don't get the kind of publicity as, as the band does, so it's really nice to be able to have him on there, and of course he knows the tunes very well already as an extra bonus there.
0: Frank, wish you all the best on the tour. It starts on Wednesday night at St Peter's on Willow Street in Wellington. You played The Globe and Palmerston North, and you're here in Hastings at the Common Room on Saturday the 14th before taking off to Gisborne, Hamilton, Auckland and New Plymouth. A rather extensive tour around the North Island. Wishing you all the best on it. And we're going to go out with uh, another track off the album. Mundane life updates. It's called Highland High Life. Now, what's the backstory on this one?
2: So, this was actually on my travels on the way back from the Balkans. I managed to get a stopover through Japan and, you know, getting a a sort of the opportunity of being a big roller coaster enthusiast for a while. And there's a great park there called Fuji Q Highland, um, which this tune is is written about. And it features uh, some of the themes from the sort of build up music, the sort of taiko. Type drumming in um, the roller coaster launch tunnel. Things insane can go from noughts to 180 kilometres an hour in a one and a half seconds. Um, and some of the <laughs> yeah, that woke me up in the morning. Um, and and some of the uh, eerie themes of had Some some really stunning um, sort of horror themed attractions around there. And, um, I also I think it opens up with the um, announcement music that they that they'd use before making all the intercom announcements. That I heard probably too many times and was stuck in my head, so I thought I'd make a tune out of that because it was it was quite a special experience going there.
0: Frank it um, has been great chatting with you, wishing you all the best on the tour. And here is Highland High Life, and we'll catch you at the Common Room on Saturday the fourteenth in Hastings. See you, Frank. <laughs> This programme was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Hawkes Bay, your community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.